This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joie. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Wednesday, July 19th, 2017. I have a very awesome guest today, and his name is Jaime Rivera. Jaime, how are you? I am doing great, and you are awesome. Are you kidding me? It's such a pleasure for you to have me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We're um, basically going to fight on who's got the most awesomeness today. Oh, my Um, God. You win by a long (laughs) shot. No, I don't know about that. You're pretty awesome. So um, you write for Pocket Now, and you do a daily video for Pocket Now. That's probably your biggest gig, right? That it would be the daily video plus I've been doing reviews for a while, yes, as well. Cool. Um, so you're definitely a phone guy, and uh, that's why we've got you on. I mean, this is a mobile device show, really. I, I get distracted with smartwatches and electric cars and a bunch of other things, but we do tend to stick it, uh, you know, to stick to the to the to the phones. So there's one um, thing I wanted to kind of touch on, and it's there's a bunch of rumors or a bunch of phones going on. I discussed some of them last week about the Moto Z2. Uh, that's going to be coming uh, yeah. launch at some event next week. Are you going to be in New York for that? I actually won't be in New York. I'm currently in Honduras. I'm originally from Honduras, and I come spend, spend summers here, uh, which is funny because people say that the weather in New York is better in the summer. Uh, but no, I won't be in New York, sadly. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to see what Moto comes up with, even though most of the rumors just show pretty much an iteration. Yeah, I mean, I'm really curious to see if they're going to bring back the headphone jack, honestly, because I have a feeling they might, which would be the first company to kind of change their minds on that in a way. I hope um, so. I hope so too, because the, you know, the Z2 play, the Z, the Z play and the Z2 play both have headphone jacks and are part of that series. Yeah. And they're thin phones. I mean, especially the Z2 play and it didn't hurt them to add that headphone jack. In fact, it's one of the best sounding mid range phones. If you have a good pair of headphones, like your Sennheisers, for example, you, you know, if you get your hands on a Moto to Z2 play, you should, because Overall, it's a fantastic mid-ranger, yeah. and you know the the sound quality out of that thing is really top-notch. Despite it just being like a you know sold as four hundred dollar mid-ranger. Now, now, for me, this whole move to to USB C audio is just it's such a nightmare. I mean, I, I do understand companies trying to use that whole courage argument, but the problem is having to use proprietary dongles is. It, the problem is not really using dongles. It's the fact that the dongle on the Moto Z Play doesn't work on the Moto Z two, for or on the Moto Z, sorry, doesn't work on the HTC U eleven, for example. It's well, a different DAC on each one. So here's the thing: it's actually more complicated than that. And I actually talked about this on my podcast. So let's do it again. Let's have a little rant about <laughs> USB Type C audio, shall we? Because I think this is needed. So oh here's God. the problem. The problem is this, Jaime. There are two standards. There's an analog standard and a digital standard on right. USB Type-C. Right. Now, everyone in the entire world so far is using the analog standard except right. HTC. Oh, really? So it's not a Moto versus HTC issue. It's the fact that Le Eco with the Le Pro 2 and Le Pro 3, they also use analog USB-C audio. So that means that the dongle for the Le Eco works on the Moto Z. I've tested this. Oh, really? I I haven't tested it. I have the dongle somewhere. The dongle for the Moto Z works just fine on the the, the Le Eco. These are the only two phones I have with analog USB-C audio. But the the, the HTC is in a different realm. Now, the question is, do, do you know if the reason why HTC uses digital is for the whole uh, 
uh, you what do you Sonic that whole thing where it they do. Off. But here's the thing. Here's the cincher. Here's the killer. Interesting. The Moto Z mm-hmm. and the Leico Le, Le Pro Two and Le Pro Three also have digital support on USB C. Oh. So the the proprietary HTC headphones don't get recognized, but the U11 audio adapter that's in the box is a digital audio adapter, and it gets recognized just fine by any phone, including a Pixel. Oh, that is okay. Because so it's that just a sound card. Now, Think but, about this for a second. I, I thought it was a proprietary DAC, like when uh, it so, is not uh, a proprietary DAC. I have debunked this myth. Interesting, because so we have we have a Juan Bagnell, who's our our expert uh-huh. camera guy and audio guy, and his like he just couldn't believe that companies like Apple were able to figure out how to fit a, a deck and such a small little connector on the lightning port, and you know we assumed that that was the same thing that was happening with these dongles. Now you know, regardless, I don't know about you, Miriam, but my biggest problem with these dongles is if you ask me where the dongle of my U11 is, I have no clue. Yeah, I left it in the box. So here, here's the thing. Look, I agree with you. It's like, but, but just to understand clearly, this is what is going on. Any phone that has a USB-C connector on it and is running Nougat uh-huh. supports digital audio over USB-C. If you okay. plug a digital sound device of any kind that's a standard, just like on any computer, the same as like uh, a, an external headphone amp that's USB for, for uh, a laptop, all of that would work if you can find an adapter for USB-C. Now, there are power requirements. It has to be, it can't be too power hungry, this device, right? Because this is not okay. a computer you're plugging in. This is a phone you're plugging in. So I think there's, they're copying it off at something like 100 or 200 milliamp of draw a power draw so for example if you have a a, a higher end uh, digital uh audio headphone amp that's usb based it won't work on a pixel for example because it's trying to draw too much current but that but doesn't is, but mean this that is the it pixel that's work. blocking this correct if you okay. plug a hub into the pixel mm-hmm. and you power that hub you can use that device not a problem at all so so what I'm saying is that the, the dongle inside the US the HTC box is it is like the dongle for Apple. It is a digital dongle with a DAC and an amp in it. Yes. And that one has low power. It will work on any of the USB-C phones with Nougat that I've tested so far. The BlackBerry Key One, no problem. I mean all of them. The problem with this is it sounds like crap. They put yes. the cheapest part to make it a $15 device and it sounds horrendous. Like it's worse than any HTC phone that was released in the last 10 years in terms True. of audio quality. True. It was of a major they, drop from the HTC 10. Yeah. And they want you to use their proprietary headphones, which to me, honestly, sound like crap. This whole Usonic uh, sound tuning thing doesn't, you know, works, but doesn't make any difference. It doesn't change the fact that the drivers on this thing are crap. Like I'm used to, you know, $300 in your monitors. I'm not going to want to deal with that kind of sound quality. I want to plug no. in my own stuff. I'm sorry, guys. And, and that's so, the thing. I mean, usually, I mean, what's the price of the, like, Oppo came out with this, like, audio deck a, a couple of years ago. I think that thing was like $1,000 with b- bundled with the headphones, and the deck was the size of the phone. I mean, if to to my understanding, I, I guess that's what surprised me the most. Like the audio decks that I've seen, uh, with the exception of devices like the LGV20, which I don't know how they fit that thing in there. But it, I mean, I've never seen a deck that small. I so I, the, I don't know what the, uh, to expect from that, and the results have not been. I I, I can't tell you that they're great. I, I agree with you. I I don't even use the bundled headphones. I've stuck to Bluetooth, which I can't even say is it, it's worse if anything 
Um, I mean, if you have Optex over Bluetooth, it's decent, right? Because yes. Optex is a really high quality. Codec. Oh yes, yes, yes. But the, the point being is, I I like I love choice. It's one of the major reasons why my U11 is in a drawer. Because, for example, my car doesn't have Bluetooth audio, and my car here in Honduras, it's it's a pickup truck, and so I can't modify the stereo system. I can't pull it out. Right. Um, so what 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 do I do? All I have is an aux cable. And that aux cable only connects to a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. There is no option where there is a male 3.5 millimeter to an extended USB-C connector. There are no cables like that yet. So it's, it just becomes a nightmare of peripherals that you have to be buying around whenever they exist. But like, for example, right now, if you want those USB-C dongles, and this is, thank you for sharing. Like, I had no clue that some of these dongles actually work so, between so let phones. Me actually, let me actually tell you a few more things about that before, before, so we can establish a baseline. Sure. There is, on if you go to Amazon right now or any kind of like online retailer, you can buy USB Type-C to 3.5 millimeter dongle. Okay. That one is the analog kind used by the Moto Z and the Le Eco. It is a completely passive device. There's no electronics in it other than a little resistor that when you plug it in, says to the computer, to the phone, hey, I'm an analog audio type C device. And from the pixel, you'll get a, a, a finger up because they'll say, I don't know how to do that. From <laughs> the, U, the U11, you'll get a finger up. I don't know how to use that. And the only phones that you won't get a finger up from are the Moto Z and the Le Eco Pro 2 or Pro 3 or the Moto Z Force, for example. Interesting. So what I'm saying is that it's much cheaper to make an analog USB-C audio adapter, but those are those. You have to understand what happens with those is inside the phone there is a full-on DAC and amp that mm. are connected to the USB-C connector, and when the connector sees the right resistance on the right pins, it says, "Oh, let's pipe the audio." output from the DAC and amp to the right pins on the USB-C and fire out some audio from the phone. So of course, using the phone's DAC and amp, it sounds great. Like the Moto Z with its adapter sounds fantastic because the DAC is high quality. It's probably right. Qualcomm's high quality DAC in there from the 820. Right. So that makes sense. And that honestly, to me, is a better option than the what HTC did because by having to put all the electronics outboard, they basically made it so that their dongle had to be either expensive or and sound good or cheap and sound like crap. See, this is the reason why I like, like talking crap. to you. This is the reason why I like having conversations with you. There is no way I can't sit down with you for five minutes and learn something. There's just no way I won't. I love talking to you, Miriam. Honestly, <laughs> I had no clue about this. And th to be honest with you, it could be. But uh, to my understanding, Apple did the exact same thing. If anything, it seems that HTC is mimicking what Apple did and pulling the deck out of the phone and just making Correct. it part of the dongle. And it's fine. The difference is Apple put a decent DAC and a decent amp in their dongle. Not a great DAC or a great amp, but something I could live with every day. But I don't know who engineered this dongle at HTC, but it's a nightmare. Well, and, and so that is for you. Bad. And that is for you. Like, for example, I'm currently doing a video on the 7 Plus, the After the Bus series that we do where we revisit phones after a few months. And uh, the problem with that uh, with that dongle from the Lightning dongle is, for example, if I want to use LG's um, these BNO headphones that came with the V20, they don't. It's they work, but it seems that the connector, um, you know, you know the 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 whole the loops on the on the 3.5 millimeter jack. It seems that yeah. they make an interference with that dongle, and therefore I can't hear whack. I can't hear anything. 
It, it, like every so often, it'll it'll pause the music or every sort of movement that happens, it'll pause the music or just throw some odd noise. And so it's even even that solution is pointless. I mean, it's like if they're trying to force people to go wireless. And sure, App- Aptex is great, but it's not as good as wired. Never. It's yeah. never going to be as good as wired. It just even isn't. Aptex HD. Honestly, Aptex HD is like the you know like the ninety six kilohertz twenty four bit yes. version of Aptex, and it's lossless and it's great. Uh, but it sounds fantastic, I have to say. But it's still like a good pair of wired headphones still will like obliterate with a good DAC and amp this solid setup because you're relying on your headphones DAC and amp like the wireless headphones DAC and amp to be high quality and honestly even the best are still kind of sacrificing this in the name of packaging right they're sending yes. Sennheiser and Audio Technica they're putting these headphone they have to put a Bluetooth radio you know a, a microcontroller with firmware a DAC and a headphone amp and a battery all inside the ear cup um, even on a big pair of headphones, you you know you're taking away real estate from the diaphragm, from the yes. actual earpiece, from, from the purpose of what you're buying. <laughs> you're buying those things for the quality of the audio, not for all the hurdles that have to happen for you to be able to be connected. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I I love Bluetooth. Don't get me wrong. I just for me the move to Bluetooth, even though I find it convenient and I use it every day for going to the gym or whatever. It's just that nightmare where you and I have 10 phones in a drawer. Sometimes we have to be switching around. And, and we have whole... 10 headphones in a drawer, right? Exactly. Because, I mean, for me, I, I have a whole bunch of different really high quality. Some of them are 20 years old, Jaime, with like perfectly good 3.5 millimeter headphone jacks at the end. Yes. And you don't want to stop using them. I've fallen in love with some of these. And yeah. I, I just I don't want to move on. I'm sorry, but they don't make them. It's funny, but this this phrase is just so true. In certain cases in technology, they don't make them like they used to. You know, yeah. some things you want to keep. Get off my lawns, kids. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, look, I agree. Look, we are in agreement. I just wanted to. I thought I know that some of you on this podcast who are listening right now are rolling your eyes, going, "Miriam, not again, not the USB C discussion." I I, have I know to agree that not all of you. Not all of you listened to my podcast before this. So I, you need to be informed. These are important things. Now, if you don't care about audio or you don't really care about having a dongle, all the best to you. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the dongle. If you're willing to live with it, if you know where it is, if you don't lose it, if you're willing to not charge at the same time, all these things are not an issue for you. Awesome. Just be aware there's going to be a sound quality issue now. I... The sound quality issue is that if on a phone like the Pixel or the U11 that don't support analog output uh, over USB-C, you're going to need to use a dongle that's digital. And that dongle, you better spend money on it. Otherwise, it's going to sound like crap. Yes. And and there are third parties. Thankfully, there are a few coming out. There's a few being crowdfunded right now that have really high quality. Because the ESS chip that's inside the V20 and the mm-hmm. G6, uh, the Korean edition or the G6 Plus, yes. those are a single tiny chip. So they're not really big in terms of real estate. Um, as long as they have a good power supply um, and a nice clean stream of digital audio coming their way, they will output some remarkable analog audio. That's oh what God, made ESS. Ugh, yeah, so that's what made the ESS chip so so well sought after with the with the audio files. Is that but only it LG of, is investing it in mind. this. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird because I think there may be an exclusive agreement with ESS on this. I think ESS developed this chip specifically for smartphones, to be honest with you. Really? So, 
Yeah, and honestly, I'm not sure how much analog electronics are around the chip because the chip itself can be small. The problem with like, you need a good headphone amp and the headphone amp requires capacitors. They're yes. large, they take up room on the board. So the problem is I don't know how small they can make those, if they can even fit an ESS chip and the ancillary electronics in a in a in a adapter. But if they can, dude, the day there's an ESS USB-C to... Um, to 3.5 millimeter adapter out there, I am gonna use that on my Pixel and my phones that have headphone jacks, just because the sound quality is gonna be even better. It's gonna be insane, yes. Oh so the God. digital audio out on the USB-C per se is not a problem. Like I support the fact that I plug a sound card into USB-C and it works, that should be the case. Yes. The problem is that this hack of using the analog output with a resistor that tells, you know, ah, oh, it's insane. And then people buy these things on eBay, right? Like if you didn't know and you have a U, like you have a U Ultra, right? Which didn't yes. come with the dongle. And you're like, you know, I want a headphone jack and HTC sells their dongle for 13, 15, whatever dollars on their website. Yeah. But hey, Amazon has one for made in China for $3. I'm going to buy you it. You don't know It gets that. to you and it doesn't work because and it's it an analog work. dongle. And at that point you get really angry, right? Yes. So... I mean, that's, this is the kind of problem that we're going to run into. That's why to me, look, keep the headphone jack as long as we can. It doesn't take that much room on the, on the phone. Oh even my a, God. A, even I, a four I, millimeter thick phone. All you need is four millimeters. It's listen, I just, millimeter around. I just did my after the buzz on the Huawei P10. Yeah. This phone is as practical. It's compact. It's delicious. It's beautiful. And it's got a jack. I agree. It's, it's got a terrible audio. Sadly, the audio from the P10 is not it's great. Not the you know? It's not Huawei the greatest. It's not the greatest. Yes. You know, they have their own chipsets and I don't think they have the expertise in house right now to create really good DAC. No, and, no. But, and, and, but no, it's and, better than the dongle on the U11. Trust me on this. It is, it is better. That is true. But yes, I mean, in the case of, I mean, if companies like Huawei are able to fit so much technology into such a, a petite phone, I mean, what's the excuse, HTC? Like, seriously, if, if anything, if, there, if there's a company that I look up to for innovation, it's HTC. Uh, and for the past couple of years, they, you know, it's just fumbling and fumbling. And I, you know, I, I'm like, listen, if the solution is proprietary, I'm not saying it doesn't work for you. Proprietary solutions work when your ecosystem is big, like in the case of Apple. You know, Apple has the made for iPhone and there are companies that license this, like, license this like crazy. But in the case of HTC, they don't have the ecosystem. Going proprietary is not the solution for a company this small. At least that's the way I see it. You totally nailed it on the head because look, that's the thing, like... Regardless of all this, you know, this discussion and argument and rant about the technology and how it's implemented, ultimately HTC is not in a position business-wise, in my opinion, to make this kind of mistake, in my no. opinion. Like, because here's the thing, nothing prevented them from having support for analog over USB-C as well. Plus yes. a headphone jack or a headphone jack and still bundle the Usonic headphones and still have them only work with their phones. Yes, and, and they're like, listen, if you want uh, an analog noise cancellation, audio noise cancellation or whatever they're calling it because they actually call it different. If you want that, use the Usonics or sell them separately or give them at and a put, discount. Put or, them in the box if you really want yeah. to, them to use yeah. it. Put them in the box. People are going to use them. But then don't remove the headphone jack or at least support the analog output. Put a cheap $3 dongle that's completely boring and does nothing uh, in there so at least that those of us who are using really high quality headphones can plug into the analog output of the USB-C port and go like oh but well you know, this is a hassle but this still sounds good like HTC's always sounded good and you know what's even worse I mean when is it that you want to use like your really high quality headphones 
I mean, if you're doing a 15-hour flight to Hong Kong from Correct. San Francisco, this yep. is where you want to use this. Now, question. How does your phone behave on a flight this long? Particularly devices like the U11 that don't have an amazing battery. I mean, this is this is the moment where I'm like, okay, if you're going to bundle that dongle, could you please add an extra connector or just give me two USB two USB C connectors or whatever? Just do something because when you're in a long flight, you can't rely on a phone. It it just I have never had a phone last this long as a flight from Los Angeles to Hong Kong, for example. Never. I have to be charging it. My experience connecting, uh, charging it, uh, you know, it, during that period of time, I won't be able to use my phone. How many times have you fallen asleep on the plane and you forget to leave your stuff charging? It happens yeah. to me all the time. And so yeah. when I wake up, my phone is dead. Uh, and I, it, it's, it just becomes such a nightmare. I mean, I know. It, and, and, you know, here's the other thing. By having the, uh, using the analog output over USB-C, even though I still would prefer a headphone jack, a real one, it doesn't waste battery as much because there's no electronics in the dongle. It's going to be exactly. the built-in DAC and headphone amp that are always on anyway. So whatever. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Bring <sighs> back the headphone jack. Seriously. I mean, you, 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 HTC just like, they can't, they can't get away with this. Moto, at least, you know, I wasn't happy with Moto doing this. At least they went the analog route, which makes the adapters cheap and universal. Yes. But, and I think they're going to reverse it because look, honestly, they got so much, um, bad. They got a lot of it, heat and, from it. And they learned from last year's feedback on their phone so far with the Z2 Play. As I said, you know, I know we just touched on it barely, but the Z2 Play, is really rocking my boat this year. Like for, for a mid-ranger, wow. And the fact that it supports mods makes it even juicier to me. But so I'm really excited to see what happens next week on the 25th of July at this Moto event to see what they do with the Z2 and Z2 Force, if there's a Z2 Force this year. It's going to be you interesting. Know? Now, what battery life are you getting on that Z2 Play by any chance? It's less, it's a little less than the Z Play last year, but um, with 500 milliamp less in the battery, it still means that that chip, that new 626 chip, oh my god, is that's pretty good. Six. That six series is just crazy. I it's mean, the amazing. battery on the key yeah. one is like, you know, when I, when I sat down with BlackBerry, and here we are shifting focus again, but it's like when that's I sat what we down do on this podcast, right? and I love it, and I love it. But when I sat down with these people from BlackBerry, and they were like, I remember that my colleague was there, and, they, and he's like, "What? No Snapdragon 835, or no Snapdragon 821." But I was like, no, wait a second. So what made makes me remember the BlackBerry? Why was I such a fan of Blackberries? Have you ever tried to kill the battery of one of those old Blackberries? It's impossible. They, they would last for they would last forever. And so I'm like, no, this is genius. This is exactly what this phone had to bring. It needs to bring epic battery life. I don't need so much power on a screen that's not 16 by 9 at least. I'm not going to be playing games on this thing. This phone is a communicator. It is designed to help me always be connected. And it, this is the perfect decision. I, I loved it. I, oh my God, I love the Key One. <laughs> I, 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 I do too. I think everybody, look, I think we've discussed the Key One on this podcast from the, this is the 10th episode. We've discussed it <laughs> from episode one in every show. Every guest has said something good about the Key One. I love it. I'm, I'm no longer using it uh, in my rotation right now because I got other phones to, to try out, but I would definitely, I would definitely, it's, it's, it holds a special place in my heart. And even though I told um, uh, Elena, uh, last week, I think, or rose the week before, that I can't get used to the hardware keyboard. Like I, I appreciate oh. it. I think it's fantastic, but I don't. I still type faster on glass. And, and but here's, here's the thing, the thing. Miriam. Go ahead. Even with that, 
I would live with it. I would take that as my primary device any day. Now tell me something, and this is something that I actually asked the engineers in my briefing. So you're telling me that this phone has capacitive sensors on the keyboard, that it's actually capable of detecting uh, my my sliding in this. So why weren't you able to build the same capacitive technology for me to just touch the keys and not have yeah, to press them? Because exactly. the, big, the biggest problem is not really that the, it's not really the muscle memory that I need to go back to the keyboard. It's the fact that that keyboard is crap. It's very mushy, very hard to press. Uh, even even after testing it for a month, I don't like the hardware keyboard. I mean, if they brought the Q10 keyboard, I think it was the Q10, right? If they brought yeah, that, that was old a pretty good Q, one. yeah, that was a pretty good keyboard. Oh my god, the BlackBerry Bold keyboard. If they brought keys, oh, the Bold is the best. It, it, it was delicious. I think, I think it, it was the nineteen nine hundred that was the best, according to uh, CrackBerry Kevin, who by oh, the yeah. way was on show number two. And we yeah, discussed nice. the key one extensively with him. You know, the key one to me, I actually don't feel the keyboard to be, I mean, it's definitely not the best BlackBerry hardware keyboard ever made, but I don't feel it to be the worst either. It's somewhere in the middle. Um, but you're right. For me, the biggest challenge is remember, like I, I often will pick up the key one and I'll start typing by just touching the keys. Yes. Not pressing yes, on them. Yes, exactly. And then exactly. I realize, I'm like, why, oh, can't, crap, why couldn't I you do to... that? I have what? to click on them. And the clicking part is what I'm like, I'm too old. My fingers are too arthritic <laughs> for this. Ugh. You know, I'm I joking, agree. of course. I agree. I agree. And I, I, that's the only part I didn't like about that phone. It was like, why couldn't you just build this in? I mean, bring it as a that software That would be an update. interesting setting to have for sure. Yeah. It and then they can awesome. do a swipe keyboard. They could do a swipe keyboard then. Yes. Why not? Right? I mean, I there mean, are I so many things. It's a capacitive sensor. Yeah, it's kind of cool though that the way they implemented it with the fingerprint reader and the space bar. I love it. Ah, the it. key one. So good. I love it. But back it. to your question the Z2 Play. So, just to be clear with the listeners who might not know, the Z Play last year was this awesome mid range phone from Moto that slotted in the Z range with the Moto mods, but yes. was cheaper and had cheaper specs. But it had everything we wanted. But it had everything we wanted. Most importantly, it had a Snapdragon 625, which is in the key one, and yeah. a 3500 milliamp hour battery, which made its battery life redonkulous. Eternal. Uh, I know. I know that in Asia, there's phones with 4,000 milliamp hour batteries. And in fact, there's a phone in the US you can get with a very large battery, the, the Mate 9 from Huawei. Yes, yes. Uh, and last year's or the year before's Mate 8 was a, an incredible marathon runner as well. Yes. But the point is for a phone that's just sold at Verizon, you know, like you don't need to like be a, um, some sort of like special phone person like we are. You can just pick up this phone and you get this amazing battery life benefit. So there was a lot of like um, turmoil, I would say, when when Moto announced the Z2 Play, the replacement, the first of the Z2 series with mods. By the way, the mods are all compatible with last year. There's yes. no change there. Yes. But that phone, because they said the battery has gone from 3,500 to 3,000, and they made it thinner. And people are like, no, you don't understand. The phone <laughs> that was, was the, a little that thicker. Was the that was part okay. Of the and the battery was amazing. That's what we loved. But it turns out that that new Snapdragon, the 626 that they put in the Z2 Play is actually pretty damn awesome. And yes, you will get probably 90 to 80 to 90% of the battery life of last year. So you won't get quite the same battery life, but it's still better than most phones. So that's the cool thing about it. Yes. And, and then on top of that, the camera's better. Um, you know, it's just sec. It really is sexier. Being thinner 
I'm yes. sorry. It's it's a crapshoot for me, right? I I get it. The thickness and battery life is important, but a sexy thin phone. This thing is only a millimeter thicker than last year's Moto Z, the normal Z, which yes. was five millimeters. So this is six millimeters, and it has a headphone jack, and it has incredible battery life, and it costs four hundred nine dollars on Verizon. And I'm not a Verizon fan. You know that. I don't care about uh. Verizon, but I will have to say that they are them teaming up with moto has been kind of a good marriage because the other phone that i want to kind of briefly touch on and i want to know if you've had a chance to play with jaime is the moto e4 no i didn't get the e4 either the e4 spec wise is what the g3 was two years ago it's uncanny and get this they sell it on prepaid for verizon for 70 us dollars Yes, yes. Mind do. blown. You guys, for 70 bucks, you could live with this phone for two years and be fine. Yes. That's how good it is. And it works with, it's a prepaid phone, but if you buy it somehow, mm-hmm. you don't. You can put a normal Verizon SIM in it and it just works like on a postpaid SIM. And not, not only that, I mean, all Verizon phones are unlocked by, by law. So, right. I mean, people so can actually get you the won't Verizon get LTE, prepaid though. and actually swap an AT&T SIM card on it. Yeah, but LT doesn't always work because it doesn't always support all the right bands. So I, I haven't tested that, but that's something we should test on the Z2 Play and the E4. In the case of the E4, probably yes, because of its price tag, it won't support some of the bands. I, that, I would definitely look into it because um, I do rely on unlocking phones given all the travel, and you do too. Of course. I mean, yeah, we both sure. need it. Like, we can't ha- Like, oh my God, my Galaxy S8 Plus has that T-Mobile locking thing, and I can't, circum- I can't circumvent it. I can't... F- I have not figured out a way to unlock that phone. So it's so there. So here's the thing you should know about T-Mobile reunits. Yeah. <laughs> I learned this the hard way. They are not in the databases. Yep. So if you hire an unlocking company to unlock your phone, they to won't get the work. code, you can't. No. And you know the app that T-Mobile supplies? If you yes. put your own SIM in there and your account is in good standing, like for me, I've been a customer since you know, before T1, T-Mobile existed with voice stream. So like I'm grandfathered in the moment I buy a phone from T-Mobile, I can get it unlocked the same day, basically. I will like, send you as, my phone. As I, you will, it, I, I will send you my phone and you will unlock it for no, me. No, no, but that's the problem. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you review units are not in that database either. Oh, so even though I have my SIM in there, I'm a good standing customer and I have a perfectly good T-Mobile phone. I cannot unlock it using their app because it says, nope, this is a review phone. They don't say it that way, but they say, like, this is this phone is not eligible for unlock. Interesting. And I'm like, oh, this is so weird. You know why I think that is? Probably uh-huh. because I'm a jerk. And <laughs> no, no, listen, hear me out. You're when not. in the early days of my career as a tech journalist, when I was uh, before even in Gadget, I used to unlock every single review unit I would get. Same here. I do. On it. principle. I would call them. I had this person this this service online that you know i was such a good customer they gave me a discount basically Lucky every you. single phone that crossed my hands that was locked would get unlocked and returned to the reviewer people because i i was like i'm doing the world a service these phones are going to end up in hopefully somebody's hands that is not on that network and i'm not going to pollute our our you know our our landfills by being not used simply because they're locked you know what i'm saying yes of course, they did know. not like that. One I had, time, I had no clue about that. Like, I had no clue that you couldn't like, for, like for example, I know that there are certain LG AT and T phones review units that I've not been able to unlock. Nokia phones are a nightmare to unlock if they're review units. The the old ones, yeah. the Lumias. 
Uh, but I had no, like, this is the first time I get a T-Mobile review unit. Usually it's either AT&T or Verizon. And Verizon, right. because of that 750 megahertz band, by law, those phones are unlocked. Um, yep. It takes a little bit for them to pick up the APNs and everything. But if you know how to set up the APNs, in most cases, you're good to go, like, immediately. Yeah, so, exactly. So, but yeah, oh my God. Uh, going going back to the topic, we were at the E4, right? The, the Moto E4. Yeah, I mean, we're in the Moto range, basically. Like, we were just still talking about the fact that there's a, an event next week and stuff, and so we're excited about wait. the Z2. I Z2 can't 4. wait. So, I, I was disappointed so, about the Z, honestly. I Yeah. I felt the phone was just too thin, uh, and I hated that fingerprint scanner at the front that could not double as a home button. I was oh, constantly yeah. pressing that button and pressing that <laughs> button and pressing that. I was like, who came up with this idea? Like, yeah, it's really? Weird, right? I was like, did you guys ever te- really like actually test this phone before throwing it out to the market? Because it was the stupidest thing. Just allow me to use this as a phone button. Why not? Yeah. I think there might have been a software update later on that let you do that because I remember that, that it was enabled eventually. Um, but you still had to use the software keys to go back yes. and recent apps. Right? Yes, it was just a nightmare. I mean, it was like yeah. seriously. I mean, Huawei. People complain about the Huawei uh, design, where you know you press the button and it, just one button, you press it and it takes you back, or or you slide it and it does multitasking. But I like having things in just one button. I don't know about you. Honestly, I can't get used to it, but I do appreciate choice, so I'm I'm behind it. Um, the the new Moto Z2 and the E4 support the gestures, mm-hmm. um, so you can like do what Huawei does, where you swipe backwards and it goes back, and you swipe forward and it's recent apps, and you, you know, mm-hmm. you can program that that key that finger that oval shaped fingerprint reader to do what you want, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but but I think for me the Z. I was it was in I was excited because of the modular the the modular approach I think is the best modular approach it implemented to date, and I was excited because it was thin even though once I used it I was like this is too thin and don't get me wrong it's not the thickness that's the issue it's how it feels in hand it's how it so feels what I in the found hand. was that putting that those dummy wooden plates yes. in the back the ones yes. that came in the box yes really made a difference for me because it makes the phone two millimeters thicker yes but. Now all of a sudden I can live with it. So I, I, same here, same here. I had I'm not a case guy, and I don't like using skins or anything. But that was the one phone that I would yeah. use that backplate just because it made the phone feel better. And it's I did odd. that with all the Moto Zs. I did that with every single one of them. I used a little backplate, and because then it feels good in hand. So the Z, the Z. I'm intrigued by the new Z simply because. I want to see Snapdragon 835 with this modularity, and I want to see, hopefully, as I said, a headphone jack come back. But more importantly, the first dual lens or dual camera phone from Moto. Um, mm-hmm. At least the rumors and the, the yes. leaks of the photos seem to indicate the thing has a dual camera setup. So it'd be interesting to see, have they gone the Huawei route of monochrome and color, or have they gone the the OnePlus route of a zoom lens or the iPhone route for that matter. Zoom how, lens, how do you feel? Uh, how, how do you feel about regular? that, Miriam? You're an expert or, in photography. Or have they gone the, the, the LG route of wide angle and regular? How, how do you do feel? I feel? About oh, that? Yes. You're an expert oh, in photography. So I... here's, here's my thing. Um, in order of preference, the G, the LG setup is my favorite. I, yes. I really think having yes. a super wide angle is the way to go. It's the way and to go. Honestly, I think the G6 is the most underloved, not unloved, but underloved phone this year of all the flagships. Yes. Because it still is one of my favorites. I really wish that this six 
G6 Plus they announced had a Snapdragon 835 in it because that would cinch the deal for me. Yes. Because once you've lived with 6, uh, 835, like on my OnePlus, on my uh, Galaxy, it's hard to go back. It's really uh, hard. It is such a fast chip. It's insane. Oh, I, wait, I have the U11 as well now. So so my <laughs> point is that, that I have three phones with Snapdragon 835 and I still have a Pixels 821. Um, my Pixels, my daily drive, Pixel XL, to be clear. Um, so to me, this G6 831, is, sorry, 821 is not a bad bad processor, but I love the screen. I love the camera. I just wish I had a faster processor. So when they did the Plus announcement, which we supposedly is coming to the US at some point, yeah, I was hoping for the better processor. But look, aside from that, the wide angles and regular angle setup is my favorite. I just I love, love the versatility. My second choice of dual camera setup would be what Huawei is doing yes. with the P10, P10 Plus and Mate 9. And I want to talk about this because I know that you have just recently did like a long term review of the P10 and yes. I have a P10 as well. So let's get that in a second. But that's my second choice simply because I love monochrome photography, number one. Number two, the way that they are doing uh, enhancing the the color cam with the monochrome cam for dynamic range is super effective. Yeah. And third, um, having the ability because they have the monochrome is is a high resolution and the uh, like twenty and the regular one is like what sixteen or twelve or whatever. Yes. They have the 12. ability to do like almost like a, a, a software based zoom that is lossless. Yes. up to two times which is basically gives you what the iphone and the oneplus 5 do but um you know lossy lossy zoom up to two times uh, but without having an actual dedicated telephoto lens yes which and i so don't to like me, that's kind of almost the best of all worlds although i do still prefer having the wide angle from the lg phones now the third choice obviously is what uh, apple and oneplus are doing where they have a telephoto for zoom uh two-time optical uh, always always on zoom and then they have a regular lens as well and of course it's interesting the way oneplus is doing it putting that 20 megapixel camera on the op on the optical zoom lens yeah uh, and then a 16 on the regular uh, i think apple's implementation is better that's not surprising versus oneplus obviously yeah but i have to give up oneplus kudos for doing a decent job for considering they don't have access to the level of expertise and imaging that huawei have through leica and that yes. uh, lg and samsung have through experience um so i think they did a good job but i just do think that the lack of ois on the oneplus 5 is what is really killing it for me like it really is killing it overall it's a better shooter than the 3t yes oh, but yeah. in low yeah. light ugh. It's I don't know. I, I don't know. For me, the biggest problem, like the telephone, like I'm doing a, another video right now on the iPhone 7 Plus. I seriously, I was like, crap, I don't have any, any zoomed photos. <laughs> don't use it. I do not use that zooming feature. I think I used it once for my son's graduation recently uh, because he was so far away. And even then, the problem is it doesn't always use that telephoto lens. If it's really dark, it won't use it. Um, oh, no, it doesn't. And so... Uh, they don't know that about the iPhone 7. No, I mean, try this. Go into a dark room and cover the, the secondary lens and try to zoom in and you'll notice that it always will. And the reason why is because since the telephoto lens has so little aperture, it'll default to the regular one if there is not enough if there is not enough light coming in. And that so makes you, sense. Yes, it, it makes all the sense in the world, but then you're not really always getting a telephoto experience. So, right. so I was like, okay, this is kind of useless. Like I love the whole concept of your portrait mode, which is fine, but works terribly in low light. 
which sometimes you actually want some photos in low light in portrait. Um, so I was like, you know, it's it's a really it's a good idea. It's just I don't really use it. You know, for, for starters, smartphone cameras are already defaulted to, what, 27 millimeters? So it's already very cropped into whatever it is that you're taking a photo of. Um, yeah. It, and then the telephoto just, you know, you get the extra zoom. That's fine. But if it's not always going to work, then what's the point? Yeah, I agree. I think for me, the the thing about the OnePlus, at least, is that... So the OnePlus's behavior is it will give you... It will let you use the telephoto in low light. But at f over 2.6, I think. Mm -hmm. Ouch, right? It's like... You get a lot of noise and yes. it's it falls apart. Uh, so yes. they don't prevent you from doing it, but it's like, ooh. But they completely disable portrait mode when you're in low light. Completely. Mm -hmm. You can't use it. Because it's um, terrible. I, I like that well, they disable it. Well, of course it is. It. But it's my terrible. point is that, so the iPhone also disables portrait in low light. I was not aware no, of it. No, it works in low light. It's just terrible. It's horrible. It's, it's just chop bad. Yeah. It's choppy. Like, you have no idea. It's just forget about it. And then, and then even so, that portrait mode, it looks cool. It's just... You, you're it's using, such a gimmick, right? It, it's it's a gimmick because you're using two lenses, just like you did with the HTC One M8. But you notice all the artificial blurring that they do in the border of the subject, particularly if if you're taking a portrait photo of a, of a person in a windy area or of a plant in a windy area. It's gonna look terrible. It just it. I'm like, okay, I can I can understand the purpose of the wide angle. Like, if you're in New York City, you want the wide angle. If yeah. you're in the, if you're in the Vatican Museum, you've got 400 people around you and you can't move. You need that wide angle. Yeah, you, there are just certain scenarios. And for me, I use the wide angle mostly for video because one of the worst problems. Oh my god, for, it's so good. Yes, I know. The, one of the worst problems with smartphone cameras is that crop that they do in video. I despise it. Why does it crop so? So, so closely to the subject, it's terrible. And so these are things that the G6 is the only phone that can do. Actually, even the V20, even with the V20 having a larger sensor than the G6, the footage from the G6, because of the extra aperture on the wide angle, looks so much better so than much the V20. So much better, yeah, I agree. I think that compromises they made for the going from the V20 to the G6 were the right compromises. Yes. And the oomph that they have with the extra processing power from the A21 versus the yes. A20, you can yes. tell. You can the totally ISP on the, the A21 is very similar to the ISP on the A35, by the way. That's why the Pixel can do all the magic stabilization and stuff it does. Oh, my um, God. The and Pixel, and yes. the A20 to A21 is really an ISP story in many ways. So, um, yeah, I think, look, I, I think that for me, the portrait mode is a gimmick. I think the best portrait mode, and, and I, this could be very uh, controversial, I'm warning you, is the Huawei. It's the Huawei. I, you know, I we we have to agree on that. I For me right now, regardless of how much I love the camera on the G6, and I, I can't, it's funny, like, if you ask me, like, what is my daily driver, the phone that I default to the most, it's the G6. And right. then because I carry two phones, the second phone that I carry is a P10 because, and it's funny because I was doing the after the buzz video for the, you know, for the P10 revisiting it after four months. And I, I started flicking into photos because I have to throw a couple of photos on the video and I'm like, crap, I don't have any color photos. Everything I take from the P10 is monochrome. Yeah. I love the black <laughs> and nice, white. Right? I yeah, and it's real black and white. Black it's and white photography. Like black and white no, with all the noise no reduced to gray. Yeah, <laughs> that's the no, big thing people no, no, understand. No. Like, what? What's the difference? And I'm like, you don't get the noise. You don't get the chroma noise. The color noise. You get black and white no, noise, and, but and, you don't get the chroma noise. 
And, and one of the most important things about black and white photography that a lot of people overlook is you can take photos of very simplistic areas that, you know, they're probably not as colorful. Like, I live in a poor country most of the time. Like, Honduras is a third world country where places are either dirty or, you know, not well. They don't look well, you know, obviously because of the poverty that's around me. But I can take a black and white photo of anything and it'll look it'll make it look fancy it just adds this aura yeah, to the photo that I totally. I can't describe I can't describe it but that's one of the main reasons why I can't put down the Huawei P10 I started using the Mate 9 and the Mate 9 was just so big I was like yeah never mind never mind I I love the the practicality of the P10 and the fact that you get all that technology on a, such a small phone Have you tried the P10 Plus no, Juan got that review unit. So I have uh, all three. I have the Mate 9, the P10, the P10 Plus. That's the order in which I received them. The Mate 9 I took to MWC. The big screen, I don't. I love big screens, and I have to say that's a big one, but for MWC, it was perfect, right? And yes. that long battery life. The long but then battery once life, I got yes. back home, it was like, oh, this is a little big. Then I got the P10, and I'm like, oh, perfect. But then it I was is. like, ah, it's a bit small for me. The display, 5 inches. I need 5.5 inches is what I'm learning. Okay. Um, so then the P10 Plus arrived. And remember, the P10 Plus's camera has a bit of an advantage over the yes. Mate 9 and the P10 because the aperture, aperture is even... Yes. Yeah, it's f 1.8 instead of yes. f 2.2. And so here's the thing that is a little disappointing to me, Jaime, is ah. that I do not feel that it's a huge quantum leap of an improvement. There is slight improvement in low light, but frankly, I don't think that they're pushing the envelope of what that cameras hardware can do on the p10 plus interesting probably because they're using very similar software that they use on the p10 and mate 9 and they further refine the software on the p10 and mate 9 because it's the same software and it's been around for a long time yes um whereas the p10 plus kind of requires special tuning and they haven't gone into that in-depth special tuning yet it, it that does be, not mean but... you should and and the release of the P10 Plus has been very sh like what countries have the P10 Plus right now? I know right now? almost nowhere. And and I want to make it clear that you know it doesn't make the P10 Plus a, a bad investment if you no. want the bigger screen. It's also quad HD display, which is yes. a big difference. And also it does have um, six gigs of RAM. So look, it you know if you have the money and you can get it and you're considering it, I would say that these are the things that differentiate from the P10: the, yes. the faster aperture, the big the bigger bigger. Um, Sorry, bigger, larger resolution display. And of course, the, the more RAM. The more RAM, I mean, the Kirin 960 is a screamer. I haven't noticed the RAM really making a huge amount of difference simply because I, th I tend to kill my apps as I go myself. I'm yes. pretty much OCD about that. But um, I still think the, the you know, I want to talk about a phone um, because we're like, we've been ranting for a while. But I want to talk about this, this Mate 9 that was uh, announced a while ago and came out in Europe. And there's also a Mate 9. The Honor 9. Sorry, yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the Honor 9. So I want to talk about the Honor 9, which came out a little while ago. And, and there's also an Honor 9 Plus, I want to say. No, not Plus. It's called something else. But it's like a slightly improved. It just has more RAM. Um, that was just announced this week. But anyway, yes. we're not seeing this in the US. Last year, we got the no. Honor 8, which was basically... We didn't get the P9 and we got the Honor 8 and the P9 and the Honor 8 were very similar, except the P9 was a lot more expensive because it's Huawei and not Honor branded. Honor and yeah. Huawei are owned by the same parent company, Honor, uh, Huawei, sorry. Yeah. So um, a lot of people might not understand that. It's just two brands under the same umbrella. Yes. Um, Huawei does a high end. Honor takes the same concept. Slashes a price down to two thirds and sells it six but, months. But later. I like I have no clue. Like to be honest with you, 
Was there anybody that you sat down last year, asked about the Honor 8, and didn't give you great commentary? No. Everybody loves it. Everybody loved the Honor 8. And the Honor 9 is just that So the Honor 9 is the P10 equivalent. In almost every spec, it's a P10. Yes. um, And it's more affordable. And in some ways, and I think more beautiful. More beautiful. More the, I'll be honest with you. The thing that disappointed me of the P10 and P10 Plus was that they look too much like iPhones. And I yes. understand the marketing behind that. But to I me, I loved the P9 last year and I loved the, the the Honor 8 last year. And the Honor 9 kind of lives up to that very yes. unique Huawei-ish design language that's kind of square and yes. has a, a crazy finish on the back and all that stuff. Yes, I have to agree. I, I don't know. In, in the case of the Honor 9, it's... I I'm, I don't know about you. I am very much in love with the P10 and absolutely everything except its audio quality. And, you know, I, I was like, hey, shoot. I mean, if you do it for the Honor 9, that's great. I, I love the curves that they added to the back. I love that whole glass yeah. effect that it has. Yeah, it's just, totally. it's a very fancy phone. It's a looker. There is just no way you're going to set that phone on a table and people are not going to stare at it. It's kind of like the U11 for that, really. No, yeah. I mean, the U11 is a looker too. Yeah, it is um, a looker so long as you could keep it clean. I don't know what well, it is about the. I don't know about what it is about that finish on Honor phones. Oh God, it's a fingerprint magnet. It's insane. Yes, yes, it, but I don't know. I I guess if, if you think about it, what you're paying, and, and this is it's funny when I sit down with my friends, and, and part of my review of of the P10 uh, going into this Honor topic. Most people's concept of Huawei phones is actually still a little negative. People still feel that Huawei phones are cheap, and they're like, oh, it's a Huawei. And I'm like, no, you have not used this thing. First of exactly. all, it took, it took Qualcomm a full year to catch up to the Kirin 960. A full year. Yep. It wasn't until the Snapdragon 835 that there was a processor that was at least as fast as the Kirin 960. And then... I don't know about you. If there's anything that I would ask Huawei to add to their phones going forward is better audio and water resistance. But in absolutely everything else, I think Huawei is killing it. Ever since the Nexus 6P, Huawei has been killing it with their products. And I have to admit, I I feel delighted by the experience. I just, I I find it delightful so much so that I, I, how, how often? I mean, Miriam, can we really fall in love with phones? I mean, we we yeah. have so many for us options, especially, right? Because for us, like, especially, ah, we can get anything you want. Yeah, exactly. And and I I can't tell you enough how much I've loved the P10 and how much I can't wait to test that Honor Nine. I mean, because I feel that it has. I agree with you. I feel that it has a better design, and you're not paying so much money for it. And again, it is an awesome. I I don't know it, the the photos on the on the Honor Eight. I I don't know about you. Did you notice differences with the P9? Because I did. Yeah, it was a bit less. I mean, mostly the biggest problem was that there wasn't a real monochrome mode, right? No, they they disabled no. that. Even though exactly. the camera could do it, their monochrome mode was a filter that uh, took the color code, color image and, uh, you know, flattened it to mono, which wasn't really the same. Yeah, no. there were differences, but there were so minor. I thought, I, I really thought that you got like 90% of the experience for like 70% of the price, you know what yes. I'm saying? So, yes, and it's worth it. Would I recommend these phones? Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I can't wait to try the the, the Honor Nine. I I know I'm I kept saying mate. It's confusing. Uh, <laughs> Honor Nine because uh, I got to play with it in San Francisco last week uh, at a little Honor, sorry Huawei, I should say, get together. Yes. And uh, you know they didn't want to answer that question when I said when is it coming to the U.S. 
Because look, we never got the P10 and P10 Plus officially in the US. No. When the Mate 9 was announced that it was coming to the US at mobile, uh, sorry, at the CES, the CS. I was like, okay, CS. maybe they're going to bring the P10, the P10 Plus this year. And then they didn't. And so they really pretty much need to bring the Honor 9 to the US right now. Um, yes, they do. So they let's do. see what happens because uh, we need a, a phone like that. I, I don't understand what Huawei's mentality is with their, I mean, they have very good presence when it comes to very cheap phones, but then when it comes to the flagship, they just don't. I, I think they have good mindshare. They have like the support of the media. We kind of like their products. Um, but at the same time, you know, they send, they sell maybe a hundred thousand of them, right? In the U S yes. because they don't have the carriers uh, blessing. And as you know, politically, Huawei is is shunned in the U.S. because they are in bed with the uh, Chinese government. True. So it's it's really hard. Like I'm saying, I'm not saying. I think this this is completely screwed up. Like if you ask me, we should all be buying Huawei phones because they're awesome, and the carriers should carry them because they're awesome. But I think there's there's more than the carriers here. There's like a political climate issue uh, that makes it difficult. So if you're Huawei and you know you can't really get into the U.S. and it's going to be really hard to get into the U.S. and the carriers are going to shun you. Like, you know, you're going to sell 100,000 Mate 9s when you are selling millions and tens of millions of Mate 9s in China and in India and yes. in Europe, yes. then then the U.S. becomes not relevant, right? Agreed. Agreed. Yes. So I... it's hard to make the business case. Like you and I are phone lovers. We want to buy these phones on lock. But the reality is you and I won't buy them because we get them as review units. So <laughs> we're also a part of the problem. So like, I mean, the, look, I, I understand. Good point. All I'm saying is that I wish for you guys who go out there and put your hard-earned money on a phone and change phones every year, I wish you could taste the forbidden fruit goodness that is Huawei <laughs> it beyond is. the Mate 9. It is. It is. I have to agree with you. It's it's the phone that I recommend. And I, at least in Latin America, you know, again, I, I spend at least four months of the year here. And yeah. Huawei's presence in Latin America is big. It's very big. And people are, their mind sure is evolving into, oh my God, these phones are really good. And it, I feel that it has everything to do, like I have a friend that started with a P8. She fell in love with the P8. She's now got the P9. Uh, and she's just waiting for the P10 to be supported by her carrier to upgrade. You know, I wow. think that they've they they've done that loyalty. They've been able to harness that loyalty from customers, which is really hard to achieve, particularly in iPhone world where everybody wants an iPhone or everybody wants a Galaxy, and people are overlooking the quality of other companies like LG and Huawei. For sure. Have you had some um, um, hand time with the Galaxy S8 at all, or S8 Plus? Yes, I did. I actually broke you, my S8. What quick take on that? I just want to cover it because I know we, we're trying to talk about all the phones. Oh, my God. Know, but... So so it's funny. The S8 Plus is a smaller phone than the iPhone 7 Plus. And yet, for reasons I don't understand, I find it uncomfortable to use. Ah. I, I don't know what it is. I don't Have know if it's the, the weight. Yes, I'm talking about the plus. I, oh, I you're don't talking know. about the plus. You're talking yes, about the I don't know okay. if I don't know if it's the weight distribution. So here's the thing. I decided that I was gonna stick to the S S eight because first of all, the unit that I got from the S eight was the Orchid Grey, which was the color that I wanted. Nice. Uh, and then second, because I started using the plus and it was just there's just so much finger travel on a display this large. That I was like, it, you know, it's com it's so awesome to consume content with. But if you want to really use it like a phone, and it's 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 six seven a.m. and you're getting off the subway, getting off Bryant Park, and you're rushing to get to a meeting in Times Square, I drop the phone twice. 
I just I, I dropped the phone twice because wow. it was just so hard to fumble and my hands are my hands are large. And you know, a phone like this you have to carry in a case because there's just no way you're not gonna smash that thing. And yes, yeah. in, in the case of my S eight, I smashed it even with a case because of the curved display. You know that you know, because of the curved yeah, display. Yeah, because the case the, can't really protect the display properly. It, it right. doesn't protect the display yeah. property, and so I broke the S8, and that's one of the main reasons why I stopped using the S8 Plus because I was like, okay, if I broke the S8, what's going to happen to the Plus? It's going to be even worse, and the cases just make <laughs> the phone look even bigger. And so, yeah. to be honest with you, it's not that I don't like them. I do. I They're love. Amazing. They're amazing phones. I love this. Believe it or not, I'm one of the few that actually likes the software. I you like know, the actually, whole... I have to say this year, I feel like they finally nailed the user experience to the point where I don't feel like I want to throw the phone against yes. the wall and yes. immediately replace the launcher. So I love kudos the software. to Samsung for yes. actually giving us a polished, quick, dynamic, nicely designed user experience for once. Now question, do you use the secure folder? No. Oh, I use it a lot. And, oh, yeah? and it's funny. I mean, it's not I, I don't the only use phone it. that has that, by the and, way. There's a bunch oh, of Oh, no. Huawei, that have Huawei that. has. Uh, so I actually don't use it to lock photos or stuff. I use it because I need a separate WhatsApp or I need a separate Facebook. And oh, so, cool. yeah, yeah. And so it, it allows me to have a company Facebook and a, my personal one. It allows me to have a company Twitter. And it, 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 well, and I like to keep them in separate apps, mainly because I could probably upload something that I don't want to by accident right. on my personal app. And I just like to keep them separate, which, by the way, Huawei, I think Huawei was the first company to do that app dupe. Yeah. Thing. And OnePlus has something similar. Yes. On and OnePlus um, has something as well. So if, for me, it's the user interface. I love the camera on the S8. I, I can't recommend that phone enough, but I would I recommend the smaller variant mainly because it's it's not too small, not too big, at least for me. Right. I haven't had any issues with the sizes, and to me, getting more real estate on a phone that it can hold actually is yes. pretty amazing. So I'd be happy with either the the S8 and the S8 Plus. I've reviewed both at the same time. I had to give back the S8. So I have a plus right now only. But yes. um, honestly, I think to me, the big revolution here was really started by LG with the G6. It was it's started with one the... display. Yes. The, the ultra wide screen is is the killer app. And if any of the rumors we're seeing of the Pixel uh, version 2 or Pixel XL version 2 are correct, I cannot wait to get myself a I, Pixel, I cannot, which is my I cannot wait. driver. And, and to be honest with you, the reason why I drift to the G6 are a few factors. Number one is that wide angle. Number two is obviously the wide display. Number three is the MIL-SPEC A10G. Oh, my God, yes. That the waterproofing phone, and everything? Yes. Uh -huh. the, no, that phone has withstood a couple of falls into rock. And oh. it looks pristine. Uh, so nice. that's my next After the Buzz video over how the phone is aged. And oh my God, like the G6 has aged like marvelously. My only problem with that phone, well, two. Number one, LG, if you're listening, please get rid of the software. Like, oh, really, God, yeah. get, just get rid of it. It's just tell your software department to just, you know, to focus on something else. Um, and the second thing would be that display. LG needs to move into OLED territory. I mean, I know, right? Why, what are we waiting for? Like the, the the display doesn't do an adequate job at at uh, at balancing for ambient light as AMOLED does. Uh, no. It does it does a terrible job when you're wearing polarized sunglasses, which are the only ones that I can use. 
And so, you know, I'm like, really? And, and it's it, obviously it's not Daydream compatible, which I don't care about that. But it's really, we need to move away from LCD. I think there's, there's a point for OLED being the best technology for smartphones. And ironically, LG makes some of the best OLED displays. Exactly. In fact, they're rumored to be making the OLED I display get it. I don't for the get iPhone, it. for the next generation, like the 10th anniversary yes. iPhone X, iPhone Pro, iPhone 8, the one that's not going to be like the others. Yes, um, yes. And so it, I just don't get it. I, I, I agree with you. It. I think it might be an economy of scales issue. I don't know. But, 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 but what economy of scales? They're not selling much of that phone. If anything, this is the company well, that well, should be doing Well, my point is they're keeping the output for their partners. Is it possible what they're I doing? I get it. Yeah, I could um, be. And and uh, I mean honestly I, I agree with you the software and 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 you know uh, Huawei used to be pretty bad on the software oh, front but terrible. I feel that it's improved a bit with uh, the version five of their uh, UI yes with the Mate, starting with the Mate nine and now a lot of the older phones are getting that UI too well it looks um, like stock Android with a skin I love that yeah yeah and that's what I mean it's like um, I've managed to get the G six to a place where I'm happy with Google Now Launcher and the Google Keyboard, uh, the G board, and but it's just it's still you know a little challenging. I um, but anyway, what I'm saying though is that here's the way this is all going to get resolved for you, my friend, is yeah. that LG is rumored to be making the Pixel. So yes, um, you're essentially going to get that G six you want. Sadly, probably without the wide angle lens, though, <sighs> but on a, in a pixel form factor with pure Android. And uh, that is what excites me about the new pixel, because I am ultimately I have to pick a day driver every year. It's too much work to migrate my stuff every three weeks. Um, and so I have the pixel in the Nexus typically as my daily driver. And this year it's an XL and I want next year's XL. And I will not be able to use a daily driver that doesn't have an ultra wide screen after my experience with G6 and the Galaxy S8. And that's what is, you know, the future, I think. So I don't know. I wasn't able to use the Pixel XL just because of those insane bezels. Like, really? Oh, my God. It's so bad. But that, that that's an HTC issue. I mean, HTC U11 still has a lot of bezel too, you know? No, not just a lot of bezels. I don't think a phone has more bezels. Like they have this whole <laughs> array around the, the, the display on the sides that I'm like, really, HTC? Like, really? Come on. <laughs> it's yeah, terrible. That's, it's definitely an issue. Um, you know, I think, I think though, this new Pixel is going to be good and uh, it's going to solve a lot of the you know, boring aesthetics issues of the Pixel, but the camera on the Pixel is still a force to be reckoned with, despite the lack of OIS, which is really impressive. I don't, I don't know how they do it. Like that software stabilization on the Pixel, it, it looks like if, it looks like Morticia Adams. Like it looks like if you're walking and you're not walking, and it's just surreal. I think the the know, best way right? to describe it is surreal. But I just, I wish that the, the the final result that you see when you pull the footage out of the phone were as good as what you see, particularly it's when not, you're recording I know, video. It's I know. not that like, good. To me, the G6 is so good at video, The and the Galaxy S8, oh my God, the video coming out of the Galaxy S8. The video coming out of the Galaxy wow. S8. The only problem with the S8, because I do vlogging every now and then, like right. Samsung, if you're listening, do me a favor, who came up with that crop for the selfie camera for video? Oh. Like really, like my cheeks take up like, <laughs> 30 or like, <laughs> like 70 percent of the cheeks. footage it's horrible it's horrible and this is the reason why i love the g6 you can have wide angle video or regular video in a shot and it's just really awesome that's the way everybody should do it it should become a standard like seriously yeah 
Totally. Um, a few more phones I want to throw out there before we wrap up because it's been a bit over an hour and I think sure. we have a few more minutes. Nokia 8, Note 8. Uh, we've talked very briefly about the iPhone 8X Pro, whatever, but I covered that a little bit last week too. I didn't mention the Note 8 and the Nokia 8 yet much in the podcast. What are your thoughts on what's coming there? I don't know what to make of Nokia, honestly. I like their designs. I just... Show me I, my mentality I mean, with Nokia. Yeah, well, let's let's wait and see, right? I mean, look, exactly. the, the the leaks look amazing. Dual camera. It does yes. not have an ultra wide screen, but it does no. have sort of like that uh, Galaxy S7, like you know, rounded edges screen, or at least very little bezel screen. Yes, it's hard yes. to tell if it's flat with round glass or if it's round display with round glass. Um, it looks hot. Nokia, if if uh, Zeiss is on board for the camera, supposedly. Um, so that could mean some pretty interesting uh, imaging chops. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of Nokia, despite all their weird iterations and branches, because the Lumias are technically also kind yes. of like Nokias, even though yes. they're Microsoft or whatever. Do, do me a favor, Nokia, please hire your engineers back. Just back, pull them back. Exactly. Because no. <laughs> your, your imagery, yeah. like, believe it or not, Miriam, I'm still using a Lumia 930. Oh yeah. Oh, I yeah, still absolutely. use a Lumia 930. There is just no, there still is no room for comparison with things like Rich Capture, for example. Well, the 1020 is the one you need to uh, to to pull out if you want to. Oh, sorry, the 950. The 950 is probably the best to this day, the best camera phone of all phones. If like, you can make it work, and if 4K video actually works, which never did for me. Well, yeah, but my point is for just stills, the 950 is um the best of that 20 megapixel series of phones that the 930 is a part of um and of course if you want more pixels than doing the the crazy software zoom the 1020 is your guy yeah um, but the 1020 the problem was it oh because God, of the processor so everything else i know yeah it's just the <laughs> processor limitations it doesn't support rich capture it's the reason why i don't really oh, care about right. my 1020 anymore yeah try the 950 like seriously if you don't have uh, if you haven't yet i think for stills very I... little can touch it the dynamic range on that phone is just mind-boggling just like holy crap -ola. yes i just do me a favor nokia please pull your engineers back they're awesome hat tip, these guys I are awesome say, uh, you know we forget our memories are short because we play with so many phones i want to give a hat tip to steve litchfield of uh of the phone show um in in the uk who is a big camera phone guy he goes back way back to the symbian days like me we've been reviewing phones for 10 years and he told me he says pull out your 950 or 950 xl Go out there and take some photos sometime and talk to me again. And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> that phone, like, I don't, it's, that's so old now. And he goes, no, do it. Do yourself a favor and do it. I went out there, I did exactly what he said, and I was blown away by the imaging quality on that phone. Yeah. We forget so quickly because we I couldn't use that phone as a daily driver. It just wasn't no. usable for me, right? Well, you, you so, know how yeah. much I look up to you, Miriam. Of course I'm going to do this after we hang up, by the way. <laughs> Make sure you go through all the updates. It's going to take you like two hours or four oh, yeah. hours to update the phone. Seriously. Oh, no, snap. I left that phone in New year. York, so it'll be until I go back. It'll like, be until early August. Welcome to Windows Nightmare. Windows Mobile, <laughs> no, Windows 10 phone edition took literally four hours in a row to update all the apps and the multiple OS updates in oh, the uh, year I didn't use it. Four hours freaking hours 
Oh my god! Like Ugh. for me, one of our favorite reviews. Not that I'm gonna sit down here and make a shameless plug, but when Michael Fisher was working for us, his review of the Lumia 950 and just covering all the problems that that phone had is hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. It's like two minutes of all the bugs that he went through and how many different phones they sent him, and it was just terrible. It was hilarious. It it was, and that's why I never use it for more than one road trip. But the road trip I used it for was when I drove from the West Coast to Austin, Texas for South by Southwest in 2016. Nice. And we went through all the national parks in my camper van and the pictures I took. Whoa. I mean, seriously. Uh, I look well, back at that album and I'm like, yep, 950. You I'll win. look into it, definitely. Um, but anyway, uh, so the Nokia 8 and then the, the Note 8, obviously, it looks like it's going to be a Galaxy S8 on steroids with a dual camera, basically, and a pen, right? Well, the dual camera is still... I don't know. If Still it's tentative. You don't think they're going to do it? I. They have to. I. I don't think they Samsung to, can play right? ball anymore. They have to. They have to figure it out somehow. I hope they and did. And I think I if just, they do I, it, they'll. I just. Do it I right. hope they I don't mean, do the telephoto. Oh, me too. I hope they do. Yeah. I hope they do something else. Maybe. I hope they do the wide angle. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I mean, I. I feel that LG, and particularly in the case of the G6, where they remove most of the barrel distortion on the sides. The G6 is just the phone. I, I hate that it doesn't sell because it is the phone. Honestly. You know what amazes me most about G6's imaging this year is that it's the pixels are 1.13 microns. They're tiny. Yes, and, they are. And they managed to get the, an insane amount of low light performance out of that camera, despite the fact that every competitor of theirs is 1.4, 1.5 micron yes. large pixels. Yeah, and of course, they all have really year. small apertures now. I mean, small numbered large apertures. Um, so that's not the issue. It's just I am amazed at the image processing they pull off. I don't know how they're able to do it. It's it's a little I like for example uh, in in video particularly they're not able to pull it off as well. But even even then like I I, I grab some sunset shots from Mare Magnum in Barcelona. They're exquisite. I, I have no other word to describe it. I but mean exquisite. honestly, if they put an eight thirty five in that thing, they can do the processing that they're doing for for photos and video in real time at 4K and it yes. would work. And oh, I, I, I know can't that's wait. why I'm I can't looking wait for, for the, the V30. V20. Yeah, exactly, the V30. Like we haven't talked about it much on the podcast here or with you at all, but the V30 I'm really looking forward to because Same the here. big thing I hated about the V30 of V20 and V10 yes. was that they f oh, the V10 was better. The V20 was just boring. But the V10 had an interesting design, but the V20 was boring and I love the design aesthetic of the G6. Yes. And I want a scale that up. Give me a bigger screen. Give me a, a Snapdragon 835. Put the HD audio in there and then give me uh, improve the camera just slightly. And holy crap balls, I'm on board. 100%. <laughs> same here. Same here. I cannot wait for the V30. It's probably one of the phones that I'm waiting for most, but I want an OLED display. I don't know about you. Yeah, I would love to have an OLED Quad HD 5.5 inch or like not 5.5. I mean... um 6.3 inch widescreen like galaxy uh, s8 plus i think that's I the way they should do it because if you notice i mean the lg the, G, the g6 plus doesn't have a larger display it's pretty much just no. different color options and a little bit better specifications and hd audio, a couple, and and HD HD audio, audio. pretty much and that's, more ram i think it, it exactly goes six yeah exactly that's all yeah. the options you get so they have to pull it off with the v30 in my opinion well, let's wait and see. I think it's going to be super interesting and exciting. So um, just so you guys all know, in the next uh, next week when we'll be um, discussing on the podcast is obviously the Z2, Z2, Moto Z2 and the Force, I guess. Are, are um, you going to be in New York? I, 
I'm not going to be able to go to New York. I unfortunately, well, there's two reasons. Number one is I have a meeting I can't change in San Francisco. And nice. second is I, uh, even if I could go, you know, I don't have an assignment. So flying out to New York and paying out of my own pocket yeah, no. is a little hard to swallow just to go to a moto event as much as I love moto. But I'm hoping, um, you know, I've pestered them and asked if they're going to do any kind of uh, demos in SF. They said no, but I'm hoping that'll change. And if not, you know, I'm sure they'll send me a review in it very quickly because I've been a big fan of the Z2 play. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, my, um, my relationship with moto it. is not the best. That's something I need to change. <laughs> it, it's it's tough, you know, because they it's went through a lot of changes when yeah. they yes. became a part of Lenovo. So yes. uh, I had to rebuild that relationship basically yes. um and so uh look forward to this and then you know for the rest of the summer really we're looking at uh ifa right and um, we're looking at the note eight are, are we going to be uh, in berlin I'm, then uh, i'm not going to berlin because i do burning man every what? year um you know i i know every year like i've never actually are you ready for this i've never been to ifa are you kidding me? No, because I work at Burning Man. So I'm at Burning Man every year. So even when I was uh, at Engadget, I took those two weeks off and I, I was I was watching from a distance, you know? Miriam. Yep. Oh I my know. God. I know. But it's the way it is. Look, I'm counting on you and all the wonderful people I know, Michael Fisher, everybody's been on this podcast to give me the lowdown. How are we going to so, have fun without you? Are you kidding me? Well, it's going to be different, but I'll be at Mobile Congress. I'll be at CES. I'll be at, you know, whatever other events are going to get thrown our way uh, before then. I'll be in Portugal for Web Summit at one point in, in November. Uh, uh, I went last so year and that was kind of awesome. But hey, look, um, Note 8 probably happening around the time of IFA. Uh, that Nokia 8, I have a feeling we might see before IFA. And then after IFA, it's iPhone, iPhone, iPhone. Oh, my and God. Then it's going to be V20, no, V30, V30. And then it's going to be pixel, pixel, pixel. Well, it's going to be V30 just once. People. Yeah, I you're think, right. Even you, LG you and is I will be going V30, V30. Yeah, I know it's terrible. So it'll just be V30. It'll be iPhone, iPhone, <laughs> iPhone, iPhone, V30, and then pixel, 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 pixel. Yes, yes, indeed. And then we'll be done for it. the year. There might be some, some like last minute Christmas phones, as I call them. Well. I can't we'll wait. I, I I think that the market is 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 growing a little with the recent changes. I like the fact that Samsung is finally selling well with the S8 after years of not being able to pick up, and then the whole Note Seven debacle. I mean, the market needs to pick up somehow. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I mean, agree I with companies. We some... Phones were getting boring. Yeah, we've had some really exciting phones this year. I mean, I said that last year in 2016. I was like, this has been a good phone for fla year for flagships, and this year no. I'm like, holy yes. crap, it's even better. This is even better. Exactly. I think that there's no room. I think that, yes, you're right. I mean, last year was awesome, but this year is just unprecedented. And I love this, it. Last year got really awesome in the fall for me because the Pixel, because the V20, uh, because the G5 was disappointing. The Galaxy oh, S7 yes. was awesome. The Galaxy S7 was like, okay, wow, Samsung, awesome. Um, but but the Note 7 was a debacle. And then, of course, uh, thankfully, there was the iPhone and then there was the Pixel and then there was the V20 that kind of rescued the rest of the year. And But the beginning of the year was a little slow. And, of course, the Moto Z arguably, you know, you, I know you don't feel super excited about it, but I think it does it does introduce this modularity in a practical way for once that uh, it can't be, you know, irrelevant. Like, it can't be thrown out the window. No, it, it's not irrelevant. I just, I, I feel, in the case of Moto, bear in mind, I used to be a Motorola customer for years. I oh, yeah. love their stuff, and I love their innovation. I just, I don't know, I... 
it's I, I don't know if it's their marketing or I don't know what is it about Moto that just they don't take off as they used to. I mean, think about it. Things like call quality on a Motorola phone. It's like if you're talking to an analog phone from back in the days. They sound amazing. There are things about know, Moto that other companies just are not able to And you to know, Nokia off. is the same way. It's like, like yes. you can tell these guys have made phones for decades because yes. they sound so great. They sound so great. And the essentials, I mean, they do a phone right. Oh, and it's also a smartphone. That's These are the things that I like. I, you know, people are like, no, people don't make phone calls anymore. I'm like, really? Who are you talking to? I make phone calls. I yeah, do care exactly. about these things. I know. I like having a phone call from time to time. Listen, on that note, we should probably wrap, up, uh, wrap it up. There you go. That came out. And uh, uh, do you want to plug yourself? Tell people where they can find you on Twitter, where you write and all that good stuff. So I am at Pocket Now. You can find me at on Twitter at Jaime underscore Rivera and Instagram at Jaime Rivera. Instagram is what I use most. I try to copy Miriam's passion for photography as much as possible. <laughs> um, and uh, you can also find me mostly on YouTube on the Pocket Now Daily. I have a daily news show where we cover everything you want to know from mobile technology in three minutes. Uh, so yeah, it's that's... a lifesaver, by the way, because <laughs> if I could, you know, sometimes you you find you cover stuff I forgot or I didn't see. You know, it's great. Thank you so much for watching. It's really, it's really an honor. Thank you. Uh, cool. Well, listen, guys, you know where to find me. I'm at Tankerl, T-N-K-G-R-L. Like the comic book character, just drop the vowels on Twitter. Find me on my YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com slash Miriam Joire, my legal name. That's M-Y-R-I-A-M-J-O-I-R-E. And of course, the Mobile Tech Podcast is mobiletechpodcast.com. If you want to subscribe, go to that URL. You can subscribe there. We're also on Pocket Casts, on iTunes. And I want to thank the lovely folks at uh, World Podcasts for making this happen, for hosting the podcast, for editing the podcast. We couldn't do it without them. And again, tune in next week. We will have all kinds of Moto Z2 love and I'll have another awesome guest. Thanks everyone and take care. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.